was this uh, old preacher and he was dying. He had very little time left on earth. And so he sent a message for an IRS agent and a local politician. And both of them were church members to, to come to his house. And when they arrived, that uh, they were ushered up into his bedroom. And, and uh, they entered the room there. And the, the preacher held out his hands and he motioned for them to sit on either side of him on the bed there. And so the, the dying preacher, he, he grasped their hands and he sighed contentedly and he smiled and he just ah, stared at the ceiling. Well, for a time, both the guys said nothing. Uh, but, but the IRS agent, the politician, they were, they were touched and flattered that the old preacher would ask them of all people to be with him during his final moment. But they were also puzzled as why he wanted them there. Plus, they both remembered his many long, uncomfortable sermons about greed and covetousness and, and wickedness and their wicked behavior, and it made them squirm in their seats. And so finally, they couldn't take it anymore. And the politician asked, well, preacher, why did you want the two of us to come? And the old preacher, he mustered up a little bit of his last strength, and he said weakly, he says, well, Jesus died between two thieves, and that's how I want to go to. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. Oh, Wow. Now, folks, how many guys would say that preacher was making some good preparations before leaving earth? You know what I'm saying? All right. And how many guys would say making preparations before you leave earth is a good thing to do? Okay, that's right. But unfortunately, folks, the trend in our world today is people don't have this attitude. And they show that, unfortunately, by day after day after day, putting off receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so guess what? They are running the risk of being catapulted into the seven-year tribulation. And it is not a joke. As we've been seeing, folks, it's an outpouring of God's wrath that he's going to pour out on this wicked, rebellious world. And Jesus said it's such a horrible time that unless God shortened that time frame, no flesh would survive. The whole planet would be utterly, including people, destroyed. But as we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love. Okay, he is going to have the last word on evil and suffering. That's a good thing. But he also loves you and I. And because he loves you and I, he's given us so many signs in the scripture when we would know that the tribulation was near and Christ's second coming was rapidly approaching. Therefore, in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day, man, of being left behind, you know, making wise preparations for our own journey, okay, we're gonna continue our study called The Final Countdown, okay? We've already seen the number 10 sign because it's a countdown. That's right, Al, it's a countdown. The number 10 sign on The Final Countdown was the Jewish people. The number nine sign was modern technology. The number eight sign was worldwide upheaval. And the last three times was the rise of falsehood. And what we saw was God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see an increase of false Christ, false myths, false teachings, including the last two times, just the false teaching of evolution, which we saw in 2 Peter 3 has given rise to the last day society of scoffing and skepticism towards God, towards his judgment, and towards his second coming that Peter said is going to happen in the last days. And so guess what? What does that mean? It means, guess what? That's us. We're a part of that society. It's a sign we are living in the last days. Okay, but that's not all. The fourth end time prophecy concerning the rise of falsehood is there's going to also be an increase of false prophets. Man, no wonder Jesus said in the last days, man, it's going to be characteristic of deceit, deceit, deceit. It's coming from all over the place. False Christ, false myths, false teachings, and now false prophets. It's almost like Jesus is trying to give us a heads up. And that's exactly what he said. Remember in Matthew 24, see, I've told you ahead of time. But let's take a look at what we need to be prepared for in the last days, according uh, to the Bible. Open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's take a look there. Okay, if you find 1 Peter, what do you do? that's right okay i guess that works but anyway second peter chapter two 
All right, let's take a look there. Verses one through three, 2 Peter chapter two, verses one through three. Let's take a look at another thing Peter says we need to be a look on the lookout for in the future, okay? Here's what he says, 2 Peter chapter two, verses one through three, and here's what he says. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as what? There will be false teachers among you. And the context is, of course, the church. He said, here's what these false prophets slash false teachers are gonna do. They're going to secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord Jesus who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many, notice it's not just a couple people get duped, but many people, it says, will follow their shameful ways. Many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth, God's truth, into disrepute. Disrepute, there is the Greek word blasphemeo, and it's where we get the English word blasphemy. They're gonna deny Jesus Christ specifically, and they're gonna bring alongside some blasphemous statements against God's truth, is what he says we need to be on the lookout for. Then he says, in their greed, these teachers will exploit you with what? The truth? No, stories they made up. You know, like evolution, we saw the last two weeks. With stories they made up, okay? Their condemnation has been long hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. In other words, can I translate that for you? You don't want to be in their camp, okay? Because they're going up uh, in God's judgment, okay? But according to Peter, another thing we need to be on the lookout for, guys, in the future was not just as he saw in the next chapter, chapter three, 2 Peter three, a rise of skepticism and scoffing towards God in the last days, but he says right here, he says, you better be on the lookout for, church, a rise of false prophets and, and, and their false teachings, is specifically the context is in the church, okay? Now again, notice a couple things that Peter brings about. He gives us details about these false teachings. He says, number one, they're destructive heresies, okay? Cause massive destruction in the church. And they specifically deny Jesus Christ, you know, as the only way, his work on the cross as to how we get into heaven. And they're all based on stories they made up. Now, if you recall, that's exactly what Jesus warned us about as we saw in Matthew 24, which he says, again, the last days are gonna be characteristic of deceit, deceit, deceit. So much so, he says, watch out that nobody deceives you, okay? And he says this, see, I told you ahead of time, and that's what Peter's doing here. See, I told you ahead of time, there's going to be these false prophets, false teachers coming into the church introducing destructive heresies, okay? So let's do that. Let's give ourselves a uh, heads up advance with all these false prophets, all these false teachings that appeared on the scene in the last days so that we don't fall for it too. How about you guys? Hey, great answer. We're gonna do it anyway, Junior, but thanks for going with me on it. But anyway, but folks, what I'm about to share with you, you've gotta understand this because I don't think it's by chance. The enemy is slick. The Bible says he is cunning. He's a master of deceit, okay? Now, listen, all the false teachings I'm about to share with you have arisen on the scene on planet Earth roughly about the same time, and I don't think that's by chance. Every single one I'm gonna to talk to you about arose on the scene at the turn of the last century, roughly, about the mid to late 1800s on into the early 1900s. That time frame in there was when every one of these things were birthed, okay? And, and tell me that's not something the enemy would do in the last days, right? If you will, put yourself in his position. First of all, he knows that he's lost. His gig is up, right? Jesus Christ defeated him on the cross. He's the loser. He's the biggest loser. Isn't there a show like that about whatever? Just put Satan's picture there. He wins every single time. He's the biggest loser, okay? Jesus whooped him on the cross. It's over, okay? But as we saw, the character of Satan is this. He's so stinking evil, he's trying to see how many people he can take with him into the lake of fire, right? 
And so being Satan, if you wanted to take as many people as you can with you into the lake of fire, and you're that close to finally pulling off the Antichrist kingdom, what would you do? The man, the first thing you would do is you would keep people away from the truth that's only contained in where? The Bible, right? Because the Bible is the only book on the planet that exposes in minute detail what you're up to. Okay, so you gotta keep people away from it. And so what better way to cover up your evil plans, your dastardly deeds, than to do what the Bible says you're going to do. You're going to introduce destructive heresies in the church, not just the world, but this time now in the church. The world's already off on a false path. But now, infect the one that has the truth with a bunch of destructive heresies. And that way, people could be steered in the wrong direction and go to hell. And never find out what you're doing in the last days with the Antichrist kingdom because that's the only book that tells. Do you see what he's doing, folks? I think it's absolute common sense, okay? I truly believe it's his last ditch effort in these last days to cloud the issues of God's truth and cause massive destruction and many people will fall for it, okay? So let's warn ourselves of these false prophets with their false teachings in the last days, specifically designed to steer people away from God's truth, okay? And the first false teaching that's being promoted by false prophets in the last days is the lie of Mormonism, okay? The lie of Mormonism. Now, first of all, somebody has done a brilliant PR job for these guys because the average impression most people have in our country of Mormonism is it's synonymous with Christianity. It's not. I mean, not even close. And here's the deception. Even though they may use Christian terminology, you know, like they say that they're the church that's a Christian word, of Latter-day Saints. And they say Jesus Christ, right? So surely it's Christian, right? <laughs> no. When you take a look at what they teach, folks, okay, they are definitely not Christians and they are definitely not saints. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to theirs. You tell me if this belief system is synonymous with biblical Christianity. I don't think so. Let's take a look from their own words, folks, this video. Mormonism teaches that trillions of planets scattered throughout the cosmos are ruled by countless gods who once were human like us. They say that long ago on one of these planets, to an unidentified god and one of his goddess wives, a spirit child named Elohim was conceived. This spirit child was later born to human parents who gave him a physical body. Through obedience to Mormon teaching and death and resurrection, he proved himself worthy and was elevated to godhood as his father before him. Mormons believe that Elohim is their heavenly father and that he lives with his many goddess wives on a planet near a mysterious star called Korah. Here the god of Mormonism and his wives through endless celestial sex produced billions of spirit children. To decide their destiny, the head of the Mormon gods called a great heavenly council meeting. Both of Elohim's eldest sons were there, Lucifer and his brother Jesus. Lucifer became the devil and his followers the demons. Sent to this world, they would forever be denied bodies of flesh and bone. Those who remained neutral in the battle were cursed to be born with black skin. This is the Mormon explanation for the Negro race. Early Mormon prophets taught that Elohim and one of his goddess wives came to earth as Adam and Eve to start the human race. 
Thousands of years later, Elohim, in human form once again, journeyed to Earth from the starbase Kolok, this time to have sex with the Virgin Mary, in order to provide Jesus with a physical body. After Jesus Christ grew to manhood, he took at least three wives, Mary, Martha, and Mary Magdalene. Through these wives, the Mormon Jesus, for whom Joseph Smith claimed direct descent, supposedly fathered a number of children before he was crucified. Hey, 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 guys. They got Christian terms there in their titles. Why do you jest? I mean, that is so much like Christianity. I don't know why you'd ever... Ex what? I'm telling you, folks, the, the enemy is a master of deceit. Excuse me, God had multiple wives. Jesus' brother was Satan. And having dark skin is a curse. And you can become a god? <laughs> I mean, the, to me, it's like, what? If you read your Bible, how could you ever fall for something like that? How could you ever say that's Christianity? Well, folks, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says it's a sign you're living in the last days. And in the last days, people are going to come into the church, give this rise to a pseudo-fake false Christianity to steer people off the truth with stories they have made up. They don't come from the Bible. That's a story that you made up, okay? But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Another one that started roughly about the same time with the Mormons was the second one. The second false teaching that's being promoted by false prophets is the lie of Jehovah's Witnesses, okay? Now, wait a second, wait a second. That's really, it says Jehovah, and that's the name of God, right? That's, that's a good thing. And, and we're supposed to be witnesses. You tell us that all the time. Well, folks, again, I'm telling you, just because you use Christian terminology doesn't mean you're a Christian, just a very cursor uh, teaching, folks. Jehovah's Witnesses not only teach that Jesus was the archangel Michael and that he did not rise from the dead physically, but they say that the Holy Spirit is not alive but a mere force. And just like Mormonism, they say you have to work your way to heaven. That is not Christianity, folks. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He did rise from the grave physically. The Holy Spirit is alive and you don't work your way to heaven. It's a gift from God on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And little do people realize this so-called pseudo-fake Christian group called Jehovah's Witnesses, with all due respect, they got their source of truth from a guy who made it up. He was a short-order cook from Ohio. Here's the truth, folks, where they got their inspiration. Let's take a look. David Riccoboni remembers his longtime service at the Society's headquarters printing the Watchtower magazine. He is seen in the 1953 film The New World Society in Action. One, one thing that impressed me as a Jehovah's Witness was our willingness to admit our mistakes. I thought that was great at the time. I knew the society had been wrong in the past when they set dates for the end of the world. and some of, I, I saw some of the major changes in their doctrine. And I felt, you know, sometimes I felt upset. But I was taught from the time I was a little child that this is the way Jehovah revealed new light through the organization. The Bible, produced by the Jehovah's Witnesses, called the New World Translation, has caused quite a stir. Their Proclaimers book claims that it is a literal translation that faithfully presents what is in the original writings, and that the entire translation committee were spirit-anointed Christians. My late husband, Bill Setnar, was at the Watchtower headquarters during the work on the New World Translation. Former President Fred Franz was mainly responsible for the translation work. He was neither a Hebrew nor a Greek scholar and only had two years of college. 
there were no scholars. I know because I knew them all personally. The so-called translation was written to reflect their own peculiar doctrines. And the Proclaimer's book is not telling the truth when it says that this is a fresh translation from the original Greek. The only original Greek I knew was George Genghis of the Secretive Translation Committee, and he was no scholar, that's for sure, because he himself told me that before he came to Bethel, he was a short order cook in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> is that music appropriate or what? <laughs> what? Excuse me, that's your source of truth? These are your scholars, these Hebrew and Greek scholars for your new and improved translation. Excuse me? You gotta be kidding me, folks. And again, the question, well, how could people fall for that, man? I mean, that's obviously a story they literally made up and they got caught with it. Well, folks, again, this is what's so amazing about this sign in the last days that Peter's telling us. Here's the reason why. All these things are cropping up at the same time. It's a sign you're in the last days. The Bible says the enemy in the last days is going to introduce destructive heresies in the church with stories that people literally made up. They made that up. In other words, folks, he's going to introduce a pseudo-fake false Christianity right alongside Christianity to steer people away from the truth. And that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses, like the Mormons, have done. I'll take a little detour here there. With all due respect, folks, when they do come to your door, would you please, as a Christian, not shut your door? I'm not saying give an ear to their lies, but who is going to witness to the witness? Who is going to witness to the Mormon if they are headed in the wrong direction? We have the truth. Don't just shut your door. Love them enough to at least, even if they spit in your face and close the door on you, tell them about Jesus. Because these people think they got the right way and in all due respect, they don't. But if we don't tell them, who will? Okay? But that's not all. The third false teaching being promoted by false prophets in the last days, I'm telling you, it's all at the same time frame, folks, is the lie of Christian science. Okay? Christian science. But wait a second, Pastor Bill, I mean, come on. It says Christian, right? And we all love science, right? Oh, science geeks, are you out there? All three of you. But that's right, okay? Sure, I mean, surely that's the truth. It says Christian science, right? Wrong. We have to learn as Christians get behind the veneer. Okay, just because you use Christian terminology does not mean you're a Christian. Listen, this is just a few of the false teachings from Christian science. Christian science not only teaches that Jesus was not the Messiah, nor that he was God, but they have the audacity to say that God is a father mother, and that Jesus' work on the cross is not sufficient to cleanse us from sin, because after all they say, hey, there is no sin and there is no devil. Excuse me, that is a lie from the devil, and it's not Christianity. Okay, the devil is using these people, folks, uh, under the guise of Christian science, and it's a lie in the last days to steer people away from the truth, exactly like Peter said would happen, but that's not all. The fourth false teaching being promoted by false prophets in the last days to steer people away from the truth. And I'm telling you, folks, they all started roughly about the same time. Okay, it's not by chance, okay? It's his last-ditch effort to get people off the correct path before the tribulation starts, I'm telling you. And that one, the fourth one, is the lie of seventh-day Adventism. What? Well, Pastor Billy says seventh day, and, and, and we believe in a seven-day creation, and it, it mentions the advent, and we believe in the advent of Jesus Christ. I mean, surely it's Christian, right? Well, first of all, whoever keeps saying that, stop calling me Shirley. She's right there. Where'd she go? There she is. Hi, hi Shirley. Everybody say hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Okay, now will you stop saying that? But anyway, but anyway, she's over there. Okay, but excuse me. 
Once again, folks, just because you use Christian terminology doesn't mean that you're a Christian. Do the research. These guys are an offshoot of Jehovah's Witnesses. Seventh-day Adventists went this way. Jehovah's Witnesses went that way. But listen to what they teach. Seventh-day Adventists also believe that Jesus Christ is the Archangel Michael, just like Jehovah's Witnesses. Then they say that our sins will ultimately be placed on Satan, not Jesus on the cross. They say that hellfire is not eternal, the soul is not immoral, and worshiping on Sunday like what you and I are doing right now is an actual, they believe, the sign of the mark of the beast. Excuse me? That's, that's not Christianity. I'll tell you what it is. The Bible says, in the last days, Peter warned about it. Second Peter chapter two, wherever heard this. He said, in the last days, uh, people are going to make stories up and introduce destructive heresies in the church, come alongside the real church, the real truth, with a phony, fake, pseudo-Christian group to steer people off the path. Man, that's exactly like some of the enemy would do, isn't it? But that's not all. The fifth false teaching being promoted by false prophets in the last days is what I call the lie of the charismatic fringe. I don't disagree with all of charismatic teachings, but this is why I want to characterize charismatic fringe, okay? And here's what I mean by that point. Okay, first of all, you might be saying, well, wait a second, Pastor Billy, again, I mean, come on. It says charismatic, and isn't being charismatic for the Lord a good thing to do? I mean, even Al says you got more charisma than a bag full of cats, right? I mean, surely that's a good thing, right? Well, yeah, being charismatic for the Lord and for his word is good, Okay, but not when you use that charisma to steer people away from God's word. That's not good. You open up Pandora's box. When you say you can get something from God outside of the word of God, you can make anything sound true, okay? In fact, folks, I just want to deal with some of that aberrant behavior. You tell me, is this how we're supposed to get, with all due respect, a word from God? Not the Bible, but from this. Let's take a look. This is the better looking part between Wes and Stacy, and the, by far the more anointed. No, I'm just teasing, but very anointed person. And what I felt the Lord say is that Christianity is a love story. It is a story of the love of God to man. It is a story of love between man and God and it is a story of love between men and men and then every time you see displays of God whether they be prophecy it is God speaking to man out of his love because he loves the people that he has created whether it be tongues it is the love of God, the love of man going up to his God, not even touching his understanding, but the Spirit speaking to the Spirit in this language of love. With all due respect, folks, this is in the church today. It's been going on for a while now. Not the faithful proclamation of this word that's been tried, tested, and true and did come from the Spirit of God. but that's where I'm supposed to get it now from. I agree with one thing she said. She said there was a spirit speaking there. I don't discount that. I'm just not convinced it's the spirit of God. And the problem that I have with that behavior is what it encourages people to do in the last days, to seek a so-called word from God outside the actual word of God, which again did come from the spirit of God. And I'm telling you folks, the danger with this is this. Once you go outside the Bible to seek supposed truth, you open up Pandora's box and you can make anything sound true. 
including Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses and Christian Science and Seventh-day Adventists and a whole host of other false ones that have cropped up on the scenes in the last days. Because stop and think about it. They say the same thing. They say what? We got a new revelation, a new word from God. And if you're going to base your source of truth on that outside the word of God, who are you to tell them they're wrong? Right? You lost all basis for solid truth. Once you go outside the Bible, you can make anything appear to be true, including what's going to happen in the last days. False prophets are going to introduce destructive heresies into the church with stories they made up. Maybe it's a story made up from a lady, with all due respect, shaking her head, or Joseph Smith staring into a hat, because that's how he came up with Mormonism. Not staring, studying hardcore the word of God, but shaking your head or staring into a hat. Once you go down that route, you opened up Pandora's box. And is it any wonder that there's so many destructive heresies now in the church when we're encouraged to seek truth in that fashion, okay? But the sixth and final one that's being promoted by false prophets in the last days is the lie of the New Age movement. And this is what I came out of, folks. The lie of the New Age movement, okay? And to my opinion, the New Age movement is single-handedly preparing people right now in the last days for the full-on acceptance for a one-world religion, a one-world government, and a one-world ruler. It's a mixture of all religions, okay? Where nothing is wrong, except for Christianity, okay? And, and, and what they say is, well, let me just show you, first of all, their history. Where do they come from, okay? You tell me this doesn't have some uh, unfortunate beginnings, okay? First of all, New Age movement began around 1875. Once again, folks, I belabor the point, notice the date. About the same time you had all the other ones, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, Seventh-day Adventists, the Christian Science, all of them started roughly about the same time, even much of the early uh, charismatic forms and teachings, okay? And their false teachings began with a lady named Helena Blavatsky, Okay, it's where it began, basically. She was part of an occult group called the Theosophical Society, and they espoused the abolishment of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and the promotion of unity between the rest of world's religions. Why? Well, we'll get to that, Lord willing, later on the topic of one world religion, because if you think about it, uh, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, those are what are called monotheistic religions. There is only one God. Okay, we would say, obviously, through Jesus Christ, we have the right way. Uh, Islam would say, no, it's, it's uh, Allah, and you know, uh, whatever, but it's one God. Well, if you're going to go for many gods, all paths lead to heaven, then you got to get rid of those people who won't go along with it. That's why they want to, and we'll get into that, Lord willing, in greater detail, because it's, it's happening right now, okay? But anyway, and that's what they're trying to do. Okay, they claim their teachings were revealed by the word of God. No, by the spirit or elemental guides, which the Bible calls demonic, and they emphasize the evolution of self-deified master Aryan society and a one-world new age religion and a new social order. What, what, that sounds like something like Hitler term. Yeah, you, don't, you won't understand what Hitler did, folks, until you understand two things. Number one, he was an evolutionist, and the reason why he annihilated the Jews was because they were last on his evolutionary scale. We'll get to that maybe a couple weeks. Uh, number two, he was a new ager. He was an occultist, okay? They're believing they're going to have this master race on the planet, and if you even do get to survive, you get to serve them. Sounds wild, but this is what these people are actually working towards, okay? Later in the 1920s, they were picked up and promoted by another false teacher named Alice Bailey, who formed the Lucifer Publishing Company, okay? And to, and to help print and promote these ideas in society, okay? Later, she turned it, uh, changed it to Lucifer's Trust, but it's the exact same uh, company. Step by step, they applaud the coming of a new age, hence the term, with the instructions and plans for the institution of a new world order. We, have we heard terminology like that recently? 
Folks, this is where it's starting from, okay? Bailey then established the symbol of a rainbow as their identification sign. Does anybody else use the rainbow? That's an interesting tie there. And they made plans for a religious war. Is that happening today? Uh, Forced redistribution of the world's resources. Is that being done? Yeah, it's called socialism today, but don't don't equate with new age. You're not supposed to know, okay? Uh, Mass planetary initiations into a new theology for a new world order, okay? Worldwide disarmament and the elimination of obstinate religions. That's you and I. And she even discussed the sacredness of the new world leaders number uh, 666. Gee, I wonder who that is, okay? In fact, let me just give you very quickly, hopefully, a short list of their basic core beliefs. Here's what they believe. Number one, they say that all is God, the earth, man, animals, and plants. Yeah, that's what the Bible teaches, right? No, I don't think so, folks. Huh? Okay, don't think so. Bible says there's only one God, hello. And if you read your Bible, you'll see this is the original lie that Satan used to tempt Eve back in the Garden of Eden. Come on, this is nothing new. Genesis 3, verse 4 through 5. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing good from evil. It's a lie. It's the first lie in the Garden of Eden. There's nothing new about that. And yet, believe it or not, as we already saw, this is one of their major tenets that they promote even on TV. Let's take a look. Out on a limb. Let's take a look. Actress Shirley MacLaine was Time Magazine's poster girl for the New Age movement in the 1980s. MacLaine starred in the biographical miniseries Out on a Limb, based on her journey into New Age belief. The series has been called the most talked about miniseries of all time. The title, Out on a Limb, refers to the risk involved in seeking the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Mayan told me to tell you one thing if you had a hard time with this. She said in order to get to the fruit of the tree, you have to go out on a limb. Mayan is a spirit guide sending a message to McLean, a message that is repeated throughout the series. I am God. 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 No, you're not. Okay, now as we saw before, I wanted to get a little bit more of that context there. We already saw this is the lie that's being used because you think about the Antichrist three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation is going up into the temple to declare himself to be God. You might think, well, that's audacious. Nobody would ever do that. You believe in this stuff, you're going to go hook, line, sinker with it. You're actually going to promote it. Okay, but that's one of the things they promote. They also believe that each one of us have the ability to become the Christ, specifically, not Christ, the Christ or the Christ consciousness. Okay, excuse me. First of all, Jesus clearly warned about this phrase being used specifically in the last days. Here's what he said, Matthew 24, 3 through 5. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? As we saw before, watch the first thing he says. Watch out that no one, what? Deceives you. But listen to what he says. For many will come in my name claiming I'm Christ. No, listen to what Jesus said. Nothing's by chance, not even the scripture. I am the Christ and will deceive many. It's exactly what they falsely teach as well. Then they say man is destroying the earth along with animals and plants, and unless he changes his way, not Father God, uh, Mother Earth will be forced to destroy humanity, and Christianity is the biggest culprit in destroying the earth by teaching that man had dominion over the earth when the earth is a living being. Excuse me? All right, I want you guys to do an experiment. When we leave here, find a a patch of dirt around here somewhere, over there, I think some, Let's all in unison jump up and down on it. And if you hear the dirt screaming, then maybe I'll concede this point. 
stop jumping on my head. Stop jumping on my head. Okay? Folks, that's not at all what the Bible teaches. Excuse me? First of all, the Bible says we are to rule over the earth. But to rule over the earth is not synonymous with abuse the earth. We are called to be wise stewards of the earth. And nobody, hello, is promoting, let's go all pour toxic waste into the water supply. Yay! Right after the next church potluck. That's not what it is. It's crazy. It's a straw man argument. Second of all, there's a major difference between a, being a wise steward of the earth and worshiping the earth, which is what these people promote. It's not a living being. The Bible says that's exactly why the wrath of God is coming. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and 25. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Why? Here's what they did. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things, including the earth, rather than the creator who is forever uh, praised. Amen. Okay, then they say this. Oh, there is no such thing as sin and no need to repent or be saved. Hey, that sounds like Christian science, doesn't it? Excuse me? Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, 23, 6, 23, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death. But, praise God, there's a way out. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then they would say, Jesus is one of many great teachers such as Buddha, Muhammad, or the great confused one. Confucius, whatever you want to call it. Okay, what? How many guys have heard that one? That is so popular, it's not even funny. This is where it's coming from, the old new age lie, okay? Excuse me? Hey, folks, the Bible says Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Major mega difference. Acts chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. The fact that God raised him, Jesus, from the dead, never to decay. You will not let your holy one, Jesus, see decay. Those guys are decaying. They got bugs in them, with all due respect, because they are dead. Jesus Christ is alive. Major mega difference that he's not just like one of the other great teachers on the planet out there. Then they would say mankind should seek direction from the Bible. Yes, because we all know it's been tried, tested, and... Tr oh, I'm sorry. Just like some of the charismatic friends, you need to go outside the Bible for truth. They say that we need to get truth directly from the spirit world via a psychic, a channeler, a palm reader, astrology, angels, space aliens, dead relatives, meditation, and that's right, act. Okay, excuse me? The Bible calls that behavior an abomination to God. How dare you? Here's what he says, Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 12. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices what? Divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who's a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is what? But God says, you are detestable to me. And yet, even with that strong warning, folks, that's precisely what they do. They admit we get our teachings from the spirit world, which the Bible calls demons or familiar spirits. Let's take a look at them in action. This man channels a spirit calling itself Bashar who seems to hold his audience spellbound as he tells them they are equal to the creator of the universe. That you are all made in the image of the infinite creator, and what that means is you are all infinite creators. We thank you. Jack Purcell has become one of the more popular channels possessed by a spirit named Lazarus. All right, fine. <clears throat> well, indeed, a pleasure to be talking with you, and, uh, well, Shall we begin where you'd like to begin? Lazarus tells the listener that God is already within man, and that if man wants to find God, he needs only to find himself. Jane Roberts was a New Age pioneer who channeled a spirit known as Seth. Roberts sold more than a million copies of her books and inspired many. Clearly the main message that Seth is trying to say is that people 
are gods in training. Some may find it interesting that the name Seth is synonymous with the Egyptian god Set, and in the realm of the occult, Set is one of the infernal names of Satan. They say that there's like not a lot of difference in some ways. Actually, they're talking to me about it right now. Um, Do you see your eyes? Every time I watch these videos, I personally pray for these people because that's what I came out of. I did the same thing. I fell for the same lie that this is where you get truth from. You ask these entities to come inside. Don't call them demons because we have a new term for it. We're channeling. No, you're opening yourselves up to demonic possession. And as you guys know my testimony, I was probably not oppressed. I was probably demonically possessed multiple times because that's the same stuff I used to do. Pray for these people, folks. They're being, what did Jesus say? In the last days, deceit, deceit, deceit. Okay, let's continue on. Then they say all religions, except Christianity, uh, are equal merit. Huh, interesting why they just keep picking on you and I. Uh, Jesus said, excuse me, John 14, 6, I am the way, not a way. I am the truth, not one of the many truths out there. I am the life, not one of the many lives that you can pick up or past life, blah, blah, blah. He's it. And by the way, if you didn't get that, he says, uh, by the way, nobody comes to the Father except through me. Okay, that's not the truth. And then they say, in order for the world to be at peace and harmony, there must be a new world order. Notice, the, listen to this what's happening today. A new world order, universal monetary system, world authority on food, health, and water, universal tax, military draft, one world leader, and the abolishment of Christianity. What? Are you serious? These people don't really believe in getting rid of specifically you and I. Uh, yes, they do. Listen to some of their actual quotes. A magazine called The Omega Letter says that there is only one obstacle to world unity, Christianity. It goes on to say that Christianity claims supernatural knowledge and divine revelation and therefore should not be tolerated. Gus Hall, the former leader of the Communist Party in America said, I dream of a time when the last congressman is strangled to death on the guts of the last preacher. And since the Christians love to sing about the blood, why not give them a little of it? Jesus said, Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he does God a service. And these things they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. Interesting. That's almost like what Jesus said in Matthew 24. See, I told you ahead of time. You need to be prepared. Man, all this is going on. And it seems like we may not be distracted from knowing the truth, but it seems like in the church we're distracted from what the truth should motivate us to do. We're more concerned about whether or not the economy is going to turn around or who's playing what and what game. And these people are getting ready to hunt us down. See, I've told you ahead of time. This is going to happen. They're actually going to think by killing you, I, Christian, we're doing God a service. We're living in those days, okay? And you might be thinking, man, nobody in their right minds can be tempted to fall for this new age baloney, man, especially the annihilation of Christians. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're supposed to be a Christian nation, right? <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, that's all part of the seduction, okay? 
They are winning converts by the millions right under our noses who are going to say, yes, that's a good thing to do. And I quote, today the New Age movement appears to be a loose-knit group of innocent organizations with ambiguous goals or leadership. You know, nobody's in charge. But beneath the surface, there's a definite, organized, secret leadership and strategy which guides the vast movement. And because of that fact, folks, that's why as of 1995, that far back, New Agers in our country represented 20% of our population, making them back in 95, the third largest religious group in our nation. And you might be thinking, well, how, how are they able to get so many converts right here in America? We're supposed to be a Christian nation. Well, the enemy is a master of deceit. The first way, folks, that he's seducing people, getting them to become New Agers, is through a Hollywood mogul, okay? He's doing it, folks, via Hollywood. Thanks to Hollywood, folks, uh, New Age right now not only has the largest church in the world, thanks to Hollywood, but their false teachings are being promoted every single day on television. Let's see if you can guess who it is. Let's take a look. Have you heard about the largest church in the world? The first service was March 3rd, 2008, with an attendance of over 300,000. The attendance is now over 2 million, and they conducted the first ever mass trance on March 17, 2008. What do they teach? Who you are requires no belief. Heaven is not a location, but refers to the inner realm of consciousness. The man on the cross is an archetypal image. He is every man and every woman. The leader's website teaches these lessons. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. My holiness is my salvation. My salvation comes from me. Let me remember that there is no sin. Do not make the pathetic error of, quote, clinging to the old rugged cross, unquote. The only message of the crucifixion is that you can overcome the cross. Have you heard of this church, or maybe its leader? Years ago, she denied Jesus is the only way. Today, she has turned her millions of adoring fans over to New Age doctrine. Christians are letting this into their homes and are being deceived. In reading books such as Tolley's, I've really op it's really opened my eyes up to a new way of thinking, a new form of spirituality that doesn't always align with the teachings of Christian Christianity. So my question is to you, Oprah, how have you reconciled these spiritual teachings with your Christian beliefs? Uh, I've reconciled it because I was able to open my mind about the, um, the absolute indescribable hugeness of that which we call God. Um, I took God out of the box because I grew up in the Baptist church and there were, you know, rules and, you know, belief systems and doctrine. I believe that God is love and that God is in all things. And so that's when the, the, the search for something more than doctrine uh, started to stir within me. In the essence of all consciousness isn't something to believe God is yes God is and God is a feeling experience not a believing experience that's right and if and if you're if that your religion is a believing experience if God for you is still about a belief then it's not truly God let me translate for you what that popular phrase is today I took God out of the box I made up my own God, which the Bible calls idolatry outside the Bible. Because this is where we find out who God really is. And he is a belief according to the word of God.
not based on a feeling. That could have been a bad piece of chicken you ate. You don't put your trust in feelings, excuse me. Folks, and here's the point. I mean, people today, they wonder why. Gee whiz, Pastor Billy, why do you call her Oprah Wong Kenobi? <laughs> because, folks, let's deal with the facts. What did Jesus say in the last days? Deceit, deceit, deceit. It's such a powerful lie that it could deceive people even in the church. She is one of the biggest, call it for what it is, folks, the biggest New Age priestesses on the planet. Next to Shirley MacLaine, who, by the way, she's had on her show multiple times. Shocker. But what did it say? Even we Christians are being seduced voluntarily. We indoctrinate ourselves in New Age lies when we watch her program, dare I say, attend her church service every single day. Even the Oprah Wan Kenobi show is a sign. If you read the Bible, we're living in the last days because the Bible says in the last days, false prophets would come and introduce destructive heresies in the church right alongside the truth just to steer them away and join Satan in the lake of fire. Wow, isn't he cunning? But praise God, God is love. He cares about us. He wants us to know the truth. He doesn't want us to go to hell. And so this is why out of love, he's given us these signs of the rise of falsehood, the rise of false Christ, false myths, false teachings, and today with false prophets to show us it's getting close. And this is why Jesus again said the amazing statement, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, when you see this stuff happening on the planet and it's happening now, Christian, what do you do? Freak out, run to the hills. Ah! No, this is awesome. Jesus Christ is coming back. We don't know the day nor the hour, but you better stand up, lift up your heads. He's coming to get us. That's a good news. And so that's the point. As Christians, we need to be ready. Ready not to fight with each other, not to bicker, but we need to start working together as God's team, get God's word out there so everybody, including the false teachers, can have a chance to go to heaven and not keep it to ourselves. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, please, I beg you, heed the signs, heed the warnings. God's reaching out to you. Jesus Christ is the only way. And it's not by anything we could ever do. We can't. We're all disqualified, myself included. It's only his work on the cross that will set us free from the penalty of hell and the prize of heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi. This is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. 
the Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder and you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. E for instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? 
The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.